Awesome. Um, we still have lots of food for giveaway. Uh, some on in the in the back fellowship hall. Some we put out here. So please, if you got any you starving college kids, yeah, is if in um, if you know if you have a neighbor, please just grab a box, fill it up, bag, and um, go be a blessing to somebody. Are there are there college students here today? I got some flyers I need to get to campus. Yes, yes, college students. Yes. Thanks. All right. Okay, y'all. You good? Set? Ready? Set? Go? All right. Praise God. All right. Well, give me if you'll give me just a moment here before I get into the message because I think that there's that I've gotten this same word twice this week from two different people about old wine and or new wine and old wineskins and and um, I'm just going to read this. Was kind of handed to me this morning. It really does. Um, it, it really does say what's going on, right? I believe, in the spirit right here in, this, in our body. It says, men don't put new wine in old wineskins, else the skins burst and both skins and the wine are lost. Now, I want to address that because a lot of times what we think is that, well, because something, somebody's done something or done something, God can't use them to do that again. Here's what I believe. God will fix the wineskin so it can handle new wine. If he's got to make adjustments, he'll make adjustments. But... I feel a straining today, not because of the many people, and we've got lots of people here today. There have been many people before. This is a straining in the spirit, an urgency of bursting. We can't go on like this forever or much longer. God deserves to expand, grow, and do something new, and, and He is. Um, the tabernacle is about to heave. The tent pegs are pulling out of, out of their own. The Spirit of God who dwells in the sanctuary wills this. The cloud is, above, is about to move. Now, I agree with that, and... And I want to just tell you that, again, I got, again, a confirmation two different ways this week. But yes, God is getting ready to do some things. Um, and don't think that that is lost on me. Um, obviously, we will we'll have orderly structure here, but God is getting ready to do some things, expand some things. Um, there's going to be some new ministries coming out of this thing here very shortly. Um, so... All I can say is get ready, because God wants to and will use anybody that's willing, okay, and available. So get yourselves prepared. Um, I'm prepared. God's been stirring some things in my heart. You know, there's a season for everything. Um, we've had a season in this church of healing. We've had a season of this church of hold on. We've had a season of let's get some things right and straight. I, we're coming into a season where it's time to build and go. So, Yeah. You, you. Yeah. And that confirmation's come two, three different ways. So I know it's God. And listen, um, just because I'm, I'm the, the pastor and sometimes I have the responsibility of understanding this and orchestrating all this or letting God orchestrate it, I'm willing to do that and, and understand that God is getting ready, I believe, to do some huge things with this body of believers. I mean, I, I just, as I was sitting in the drum seat and looking around, I'm like, I'm in awe of you people. I mean, you're here. And you're, there's a hunger for God that's here. You know, and, but I'm going to, Jeremy's coming next week, but the following week, I'm going to talk about 
I'm going to talk about love and loving one another and what that really looks like and what that really means. It's, it's not this ooey-gooey, pat-me, because, you know, and I'll give you a little bit, I'll give it a little bit away. Do you know there's a verse in the Bible that says God scourges those he loves? Now, now I'm not, ta- you know, I mean, in that word, and I'll do a little next when we get to it, that word is agape. The God kind of love. What? It's not this touchy-feely, ooey-gooey, I got to make sure everybody's feelings are patty-caked. That's not it. We are going to have to love one another to the point where, you know what, and, and I'll get into this a little bit more, but this is a good pastor's moment right now. To say, you know what, loving you, how many of you, and I'm getting into my message, but it's not always easy loving people, but that agape love is going to love you in spite of yourself. And guess what? Loving someone, sometimes there's a discipline that goes to that. I love my children with all my heart, but sometimes they needed to be disciplined. Why? So that they can be safe. So, you know, there's a chastening. And there's probably a chastening going on in you right now because God's going to get you prepared to do what He needs to do. Some of you, this is a pastor's moment, (laughs) not my message yet, are going to have to get over yourselves. You're going to have to get over your offenses. You're going to have to get over what you think should be done. You're going to have to get past it. And you know what? When God starts to move, we may lose people because I've seen it before. Um, I had some people that here, man, pastor, love this place here forever, but they didn't like certain things that the way I, things I allowed some certain things in the service, so they're not here. Wow, we just love you, and we love the church, and we love your messages, and we can't find anything like it, but we don't like that. Well, I'm sorry. God's going to be God in this place. Get, you're going to have to get over it. So I'm not after anybody today, but I want you to hear my heart. God's getting ready to move. Guess what? To move with God, you're going to have to grow up and be mature. It's time to put away childish things. We've done the ooey-gooey. We've seen the ooey-gooey. And, and I'm, not, I'm not discounting what God does. But, but it's, time to, it's time to mature and, and see what God can really do in a region with mature believers. Amen? Okay. That's the heavy. Now, here we go. All through the Bible, I want to tell you, here's the title of the message. And I really think, is it okay? I don't want to embarrass you, Richie, but you really, I, this is, I'm talking to you today as far as I'm talking to anybody. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. You may think that you're nothing, God thinks you're something. You may think I can't do anything, God says, oh, contraire, mon frere. That's my French. That's the extent of my French right there. That... I don't even know what that means. Okay. (laughs) See, here's the thing. The first thing that we have got to come to terms with is the fact that the Lord is no respecter of persons and He will use whoever He is willing to use. Or I should say, He will use anybody that's willing to be used. And I said this and I said this and I said this. Do you know that it is a very rare commodity today for anybody that wants to do anything for Christ? It is. People don't want to do anything. So my job is, as God raises people up or identifies people, what people have desires, is to 
to, to, to um, disciple and help and, and mold and find and, and get a place to be used. And the minute I say that out of my mouth, a part of me that's in fear. Why? Because people come to this church with an agenda. I want to be this, I am this, and you're going to use me this way. Probably not. Probably not. However, man, you're come, you're humble, you're submitted, you just love God, and you allow God to do some things in you, and, and God raises you up or shows some things. Hey, I am all about, we need help. But, if God is calling me to pastor here, and I'm not saying just the title pastor, but to be the, the shepherd here or whatever, then he probably hasn't called you to do that. I'd be, listen, if God told me, listen, you are done today, I would do the dance of joy, not because of this, but if somebody, I want, I want God's people where God needs his people, and if I'm in the way, let me get out of the way. I don't hold on to this pulpit, this is mine, bless God. God tells me to go, listen, if, if I'm done here today, and he says, go to Walmart, be the door greeter, I will be the happiest, best door greeter you've ever seen. You'll never want to leave Walmart. Welcome to Walmart. We're so glad you're here. Don't ever leave. Buy everything. I'm so excited. If you got to go, let me get the door for you. Can I carry your bags? <laughs> Woo! There'd be an experience. <laughs> I don't care what God has to do. I just, I'm just so humbled that he'll use me at all. Now listen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit. How do we allow God to, use, to, God to use us to do the extraordinary? First thing, quit looking at circumstances or position in life. Well, struggling with finances. God can't use you. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I'm a judge in this community, so God can use me. No. If you've got a willing heart and a submitted heart, God can use you. So quit looking at position or circumstances. In Judges chapter 6, I'm going to talk about Gideon. Some of you know all about Gideon. Some of you may not. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. In verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tabernacle tree, which was in Ophrah. Don't be confused with Oprah. <laughs> which belonged to, the, to Joash, the Abazer, yeah, that ite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, what was he doing? Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press so he could hide it. 
or the hiding the threshed wheat in the winepress. And he said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. If the Lord shows up and tells you that you're a mighty man or woman of valor, you might be scared for a second, because what does that mean? I mean, he shows up to Mary and says, hey, highly favored one. Uh-oh, what does that mean? Okay, so here's what Gideon said to him. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has he all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, um, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? And the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Circumstances and position. Listen to this now. So he said, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. One of the greatest characters in the Bible was David. He was out in the field tending sheep when they came looking for a king. Circumstances and position. God's God doesn't see as a man sees. We, yeah, thank God, because if that was the case, none of us are qualified ever to do anything for anybody at any time. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm just a mud ball. It's really what we are. I mean, we came out of dirt. But we are, and again, now understand what I'm saying here. We, we understand we are the righteous of Christ, we're seated in high places. Everything that I told you before, does, don't discount all that. Don't, don't, you know, well, last week you said we're seated in this position. We have all this authority. Now you're telling us that. No, what I'm saying is I'm telling you that the way you look at yourself and sometimes we as humans look at things. Position and circumstances say, Psh. I mean, you know, Archie and Kathy, their house burned down. They were homeless. Can't use you. Wrong O. Do you know... This is the questions that, that Gideon asked. Do you know who I am? And do you see the circumstances in which I'm in? I am a nobody. Not in Christ, you're not. And the Lord said to him, listen to this. This is the big part. Surely I will be with you. That's the difference. The Lord being with you, or are you doing it on your own? Some are raised up and sent. Some just rise up and went. It all depends. A lot of it has to do with your heart. But don't, we can't look at circumstances and position. In Acts chapter 16, in verse 22, it says, Then the multitude rose up together against him, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. This is when um, Paul uh, demon out of this little girl that was fortune-telling and they lost their money, and so they beat him up. They threw him in an inner prison. Okay? Their circumstances didn't look good. They're in prison, in the inner prison. I mean, you know, that dark prison where stuff's coming out of the walls. They're in stocks, I'm sure. They're probably waiting the next morning to die. So what do they do? They're just worshiping God. Understand, we have circumstances. Do you know who limits us by our circumstances or limits God by our circumstances? We do. God's not limited by your circumstances. I mean, I mean, I made a dollar twenty-five today. That's all, God. What can I possibly do? God can do anything with anything. 
I mean, he took a few loaves and five fish and fed how many thousands? And then they had 12 baskets left over with just a few. Whatever you have, you can't look at circumstances. You can't look at position. And I'm not, now listen, I, I understand structure, church structure, all that. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in life, we don't get to decide. We don't get to decide. Use or not use. God does that. Now, there may be some people that think that this is what I am, and there's nothing in their life that manifests that. I mean, I'm sorry, but, but there's some things that, you know, uh, humility is a big one, and, and submission to God's authority is a big one. There's a whole lot of things. Because like I said, I've been pastoring a long time, been in the ministry a long time, and I've had a lot of people come up and say, I'm here. This is what I am, and this is how I'm going to be used. Okay. Didn't work out so well. And listen, I know what I'm talking about, and I'm not immune to this, because when I first got born again, you know, I had a relationship with people, and I talked to people, and I talked to pastor, and I went up to the pastor one day, and I said, you know what, pastor? So you know what I'd be really good at? I'd be really good at talking to people when they have problems, and then coming and telling you what their problems are. And he said, oh, like an elder? I said, yeah, I'd be good at that. Why don't you make me that? He just kind of went like this. Maybe someday, but not today. It wasn't, my heart was wrong in it. It's just, do you know what kind of a wreck I would have made out of people's lives? Because I wasn't anywhere ready to do that kind of stuff. Because when I first got born again, my idea was, you know what? If you're not as righteous as I am, you're probably not even saved. No, serious. I, it, I was not the most humble dude to come out of the world. I thought when Guy got born again, I thought, God, you got a pretty good deal here. Yeah, man. You can do big things with me. I'll tell you how to use me, too. This is what I should be doing. Whoo! Oh, boy. Yeah, all of a sudden, then, then all of a sudden, guess what happens? God gives you responsibility. Oh! You, 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 you think you want to be a parent? Tell your parent, what did I sign up for? This little thing's got stuff coming out of it. And it's toxic. What do I do? You know, that's the, my wife. Yeah, exactly what I do. That's exactly what I do. Honey, honey, I smell something. Honestly, you know, or at the night, hey, honey, hey, honey, <laughs> something stinks in here. I don't think it's a dog. <laughs> but see, we've got to understand. Don't, and all right, the, the second one, do not be discouraged or afraid. Okay? Listen, in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, and I'm not going to read all that, ordinary fishermen. God used ordinary fishermen. And I don't know if you've ever been around fishermen. I mean, you know, commercial fishermen, they're a rough bunch. Their language might even be a little flowery. Jesus called fishermen. Wow. And so don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. He said, 
But listen, again, God using the ordinary to do extraordinary. All right, fishermen, I'm going to read chapter, uh, Luke chapter 5, and verse, start at verse 2 and just read through verse 5. And saw two boats standing by the lake, and the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night, caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let the net down. Now, I want to put this in context. You're a fisherman. You've been fishing all night. You caught nothing. This dude walks up and says, hey, go put your... We're going fishing. He said, look, man, we fished all night, caught nothing. I'm, I'm cleaning up my nets. I'm a little grouchy. I'm a little ornery. I'm a little feisty. Shut up. Get out of my boat. I, I know, I know we're all so spiritual. Oh, yes, Lord. No, I'm sorry. Then we're, if, if I'd have fished all night and I'm cleaning up my nets and putting them away and I'm tired and I want to get home, and this preacher comes up and says, no, this is what you need to do. Shut up and get out of my boat. I'm going home. Fished all night. There's nothing there. Ordinary people. So what do they do? They go out. They put their nets down. Miraculous catch. God is going to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things if you will let him. And don't think that he doesn't want to because he does. And guess who he's going to do it through? You. It's the only way he can move on this earth. It's through us, his body, his church. See, we've got to trust that the Lord and he's taking charge of what and making things happen. And again, ordinary circumstances. Ordinary circumstances. And God does extraordinary things. Now, I heard a story one time. This lady was in a convenience store. Like, I think it was like a, a Walmart, but I don't think it was a Walmart, but it was a store like that. Walking down the aisle, and I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. Do not try this at home or unless God tells you to. For me to do this, an angel would have had to come out of heaven. He pointed his sword at me and say, Thus saith the Lord. In there and said, in the middle of the store, she said, I want you to stand on your head. I just said, get behind me, Satan. I had a bad pepperoni on my pizza last night. That is not God. I'm going to make a fool of myself in the store. This person fought it, fought it, fought it. Sure enough, did a little handstand. About that time, a worker comes out of the back of the store. Saw this person in the middle of the store doing a handstand. Burst into tears. And so the lady said, well, what, what, you know, what, why are you crying? I just had a conversation with God and said, God, for me to believe in you, I'm going to have to see somebody standing on their head. An ordinary thing, God did an extraordinary. Now, I don't know if they'd have been gotten a hand headstand out of me. You know, I, I bet God, please don't ask me to do something like that. But you know, sure enough, you say, nope, I'm not going to do it. You can bet he's going to ask you. I told God there was no way I would ever pastor a church. Never, ever, ever, ever. So he gave me two. <laughs> because I remember we were traveling, and I would talk to these pastors. Man, I'm ministering to the pastors, and I'm like, I would look at each other and say, I ain't want none of that. I ain't never. No, God, not me. Nope. I'm gonna. And I mean, to the day that I got was walking through Walmart. Things happen in Walmart for some reason around here. <laughs> I'm walking through Walmart and I get a phone call about pastoring in Cedarville. That's when we were here. And I'm like, but 
Because I tell you, I'm never going to pastor. I'm an evangelist. And that's right even to the day. But, but I'm an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. No, we think you're a pastor. We, need you, we think you need to come. And so and then I talked to my leaders, and we prayed, and we fasted. God confirmed, and we got sent out. And here I am today. I am a pastor. I confess that God, I'm a pastor. I don't want to be nothing. I'm good. I'm good. So again, be willing. Now, the other thing. So I've got four little points here, and I'll, get, I'll, I'll wind them all up when I'm done. This, the third thing, be willing to give what you have. I'm not talking money either. What do you have that you can give? I do a whole sermon on using what God has given you. Listen, it, if you're a mechanic or you have some kind of skills, God can use that to touch people's lives in a major way. Do you know what it would be to somebody that, well, I'll, somebody like a me that has about zero mechanical ability? You know, I mean, I can check the gas and change the oil, but and something breaks down and have somebody of those skills say, you know what, I just want to bless you. And, and you, do you know that speaks? Do you know that that speaks to the world? Because that doesn't happen. I'll come fix your car for $295 just to look at it. That speaks. Be willing to give what you have. In John 6, chapter, or chapter 6, verse 8 through 14, again, we talked about it. The boy had five loaves and a couple of fish. That's all he had. He got thousands. But he gave what little he had. It was an ordinary thing, and God did an extraordinary thing with it. God wants to use ordinary. And guess what? We be the ordinary. And it's coming. Well, I don't like their personality. Tough rocks. Listen, I'm gonna tell, let me tell you about personalities. God doesn't change your personality when you get born again. I'm just as loudmouthed now as I was before I was saved. I'm just as obnoxious now as I was before I was saved. He does change your heart. He does change your attitude. He does humble you, and that does change you. You are changed. You are changed. But, you know, some people are, are insane bold. Insane. You know, I, a friend, some of you know Pat Tucker. Insane bold. You know, where I told you the story. We were, out in, we were out in Portland, Maine doing an outreach. And there was this group of kids, and he had this puppet, and he was bugging the puppets. He grabs a kid and puts him in a headlock. I'm thinking, we are going to prison. I'm starting a jail ministry in Portland, Maine today. And he's telling this kid, you need, you need, you know, you need Jesus. You need to come to this meeting. Well, the kid showed up to the meeting. And I, I've told you this story. He shows up to the meeting. I have the meeting. have an altar call. He doesn't respond to the altar call. He's the last one that leaves. He comes up at the very end. I mean, this kid is white, and he's sweating. He's as white as that shirt, and he's just sweating. And I says, man, something I can do for you. Can I pray for you? He says, listen. He says, I, I, I really want this Jesus you're talking about. He says, but he says, last weekend I was in an arcade, and some friends of mine came by, and they, they asked me if, if I wanted to, to to do some stuff in this occult stuff. And I said, well, what did you do? He said, well, we cut ourselves and I signed a thing and gave my life to Satan. And he says, does that still count? I said, uh, no. We're going to get you born again. 
obviously we're going to renounce some things. We're going to confess some things. We're going to get you delivered to some things. And then, no, that does not count anymore. That's, you're free of that. Okay? All because of this guy was insane bold. Now, again, a disclaimer. Please, I don't want 45 people from Sioux Christian Fellowship doing cartwheels and standing your head in Walmart. <laughs> Unless God tells you to, because, oh, you go to that church? And please, God, do not go down the street putting people in headlocks. You're going to jail. Just, but if God, the disclaimer, but if God leads you to do some things, be obedient to Him. And watch and see what happens. See, sometimes it's going to take some boldness. In 1 Samuel 70, 26, and I'm not going to read all this, David here was David's question. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David said, I will fight if no one else will. And God equipped him, and God used him. God used an ordinary stone to kill an extraordinary giant. He was a man of war, nine feet tall, full armor. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'll tell you what, he had to be a pretty good shot to hit him right, because, you know, if you look at the, I mean, God wants to use the ordinary to do the extraordinary. Too many times, here's what we think. God's got to use extraordinary to do extraordinary. We think that the only time there's a move of God is when there's some great big here at the church. You are missing it all together if that's what you think. There are some people that think the only time God can do anything in their lives is at this altar. How much time do you spend at this altar? Not much. How much do you spend in your own life? Every, all day, every day. 24-7, you're with you. God wants to do things through you and in you outside of this. This is where we got off track a little bit. God can only move in the house. God should move in the house. Want to move in the house. Great. But it shouldn't be limited to right here. My question is, if God's doing all these great things in here and he's not doing them out there, is it really happening here or are we making it happen? If I ever come up, if you ever come up here for prayer, when I pray for people, I put my hands behind their head. Because if you go down in the spirit, it's going to have to be the spirit. I don't like heavy-handed preachers. You know, get done, you got to have a chiropractic adjustment. I, I got you, God. I feel you, Lord. I'm feeling you. I'm being honest. Should God do some? Yes. I love seeing people slain in the Spirit. That's great. But for years, people who are slain in the Spirit, they get up and nothing's changed. Now, I'm against that? No. Hear my heart what I'm saying. We think that we need this great spectacle and say God's moving. No. I've known some people that, you know, I walked into a place and, and somebody, I, I went up to purchase some, something and they said, ah, it's on me today. I'm like, wow. Thank you. <laughs> it should have been Walmart because I'm the biggest cheerleader, right? <laughs> Those little ordinary things have extraordinary results. 
One day, my wife and I, we were traveling as evangelists. We came home, and we were starving. As an evangelist, we were. It's sad, but it's a true testimony. All right? We were traveling, and we came home. We didn't have much. We'd come off the road, and we just, it was, and we found some groceries on our porch. It was an ordinary little thing. I just wept because I needed them. And I was so humbled. To, but then I was, I was so humbled because I felt bad because I'm in this position that I need them. But then I thought, wait a second, but that was a blessing for someone to bless us, and I'm going to receive that. Thank you, Jesus. Ordinary little thing. It made an extraordinary impact in our life. It was like, there are people out there that do hear from God and do care. Because sometimes you don't know. Sometimes, you know, and again, I'm not boo-hooing about us. Sometimes as pastors, it can be lonely. Because, you know, we do what we do, and we hope that we're ministering to people. We, we hope and we pray that, that we're making a difference. We hope and we pray that we're doing the right thing with every single one of you in here. You know, but you don't know all the time. I certainly know when I'm not doing it right. Yes, siree. I certainly do that. But no, in all honesty, this body has been so gracious and so loving and so supportive of us through all of this. You have no idea what a joy it is to our heart and how thankful, I mean truly thankful we are to have a body of believers that just, hey, we just want to go do something for the Lord. And it's I know that not everybody has this. Not every church has this. I know that, and I'm so thankful for that. So it's going to take some boldness. See, you may be threatened, but we can't be intimidated. So here are the kind of the four things. I've kind of jumped all over the place today, but don't look at circumstances or position. Don't be discouraged or afraid. Be willing to give what you have. Listen. I am not what you would call a deep theologian. There's people in this church that are more deeper theologically than I am. I am a practical preacher, is what I call myself. It's got to be, hey, this Bible can function in your life today. You can use it. Okay? And, and for a long time, I beat myself up. Because I'd listen to these guys on TV. Or, you know, Pastor Dwayne Vanderklok comes in, and he is a phenomenal Bible teacher. And I'm like, you know what? I just need to quit pastoring and quit preaching because I can't. These guys, man, they bring this nugget in here and they this and that. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, I just get up there and people laugh and I do jokes and funny, stupid things and I have a point and we, you know, I say this is, and I like, and I watch these guys on TV and I'm like, oh man, I can't do this. And this is some of my prayer. And maybe you have the same things, but you know what? God made me who I am. He's given me the gifts I've got. And I'm going to use those to the best. And if God says, okay, I'm done with you, Pastor, and I'll slide you over here and bring somebody else that needs to be deeper theologically, then he will. But understand, be willing to use what God has given you, whatever that is. Well, you know, I, I'm just a cleaner. You want your business, business blessed? Go sow cleaning. Go sow it. Well, I don't have much money. What do you got? Sow it. Go sow. You know, people all, all the time, you, and I say this, you want a friend, go be a friend. You want healing, go 
go pray for healing. B, God can use. God wants to use. I know that I'm the one that gets up here and does all the talking every week, but I don't ever want this to be a one-man show. It can't be. That's not the way the kingdom's designed. You know, I'm thankful the Shrams, they're, they're not the youth pastors or the youth leaders, but, but they're willing to step up and say, hey, for right now, at least so we can get something started, because I believe either the youth leader pastor is here or is going to be here. One that's anointed and called and will grab kids and we'll have bursts with kids. And I believe that somebody that's going to have a ministry to outreach to the college that can go into the college and, and grab the college kids. And that's what we need to be doing. And so that whole word that you had about the expansion, that's what I'm seeing. We've had our season here. And let me tell you something. I feel good about where this body is at. Understand. I'm going to take another pastor moment here as I close. I understand. We've had problems in churches. I get it. I get it. And is it hurtful? Yes. It's devastatingly hurtful. Does it break your heart? Yes, it does. But I want to tell you right now, God has repaired the wineskin and is ready to pour the new wine into it, whether you were part of the brokenness or not. I believe that's where we're at. But what we're going to have to get past is, you're part of the old wineskin. God can't use you. You're not going to like me very much then. We need people to be reaching the college. I can't do it. We need somebody to do it. I can't do that. There's some things I can't. Am I willing? Absolutely willing. I will give up the pulpit today if I can go back and do the youth if that's what God wants me to do. No problem whatsoever. But he hasn't told us to do that yet. So guess what? Activate. And so, don't look at your circumstance position. Don't be discouraged or afraid. Be willing to give what you have and be bold. Now, I want to say all of that and, and hear my heart in this because I'm not, a, I'm not a guy that tries to keep my thumb on anything, but there is structure and there is authority. You know, um, I had a situation in a church just a few weeks ago in a church service where you know, somebody came up and says, you know, I, I, I've got a little something. And I handed him the mic. Took the service in a whole different direction. Now, it was okay. It worked out. And I knew this person, trusted this person. It wasn't a problem. But my thing to them was, before you do that, let me know where you're going. Why? Because they're not coming to you asking what the heck just happened. They're coming to me. I'm the one that's responsible. Right? So it wasn't an issue, but I just needed to know where you're going. Because, again, people have agendas. This is what I want to happen. Let me have the microphone. And so my thing was this. They don't, the people in the church don't know you. And so what they saw is somebody they didn't know come up, grab the mic, went this way. Can't have that. Because then they think, well, that's just the way it works in this church. I got a, I got, I got a burr under my saddle. Let me get the microphone. And so all I needed was, hey, Pastor, I'm sensing this. Hey, great. just so I kind of know. But also, if you're out in left field, I'm going to say, mm, no, we'll talk about it later. And that's fair too. And it's and it's in order. 
And there's got to be some structure. It is, this isn't the Wild West of the spiritual world. But that's not to try to hinder what the Spirit of God is doing, but the Spirit of God, there's order. All through, first, all through the books of Corinthians, there's order of things, there's an order of things. But God still wants to use you, still can use you, because people out there today need us, and they don't even know it yet. They do. So whatever God's given you, you can use. So again, my whole point to this message today is God uses the ordinary to do extraordinary. Amen? Can you use an ordinary carpenter? You guys are in a good business. Jesus is in the same business. Yes? Go ahead. Let me see. They've got a sign that says, don't watch this sign, watch the cones. That's, that makes sense. Oh, is it one of those electronic deals? Oh, okay, the electronic sign. That, okay. And in a lot of in a lot of that again, it does have to do with the relationship, and that comes down to do people want to hear the truth? And and again, I'm going to say this: if you don't want the truth, don't ask me. Okay, so so yes, and amen, and and we get into that that agape. I'm going to talk about that because that's that's part of this agape love. And, and I understand sometimes it may come across as so harsh. You know, and, and I, I am trying to close, one of the things that, and this was a huge compliment to me, when I first got born again, man, I, I made lots of mistakes, this, that, the other, I understand. But I had a pastor, man, I was probably the most corrected person in the church. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. What are you doing? You don't do this, this is why. You know, you can't do this. But you know what? I did not care. Because I wanted to be everything that God wanted me to be. And if I wasn't doing something right, let me know. Now, he always did it in love. You know, it wasn't a harsh, but it was in love. And he corrected me. But my heart was, I want to be right. So what have I got to do to be right? Because I want to be more right than I was yesterday. And I want to help people be right. And how do I do that? If that's your heart, if you, if you have that kind of a heart, and you're willing to learn, 
and you've decided, you know what, I'm not going to be offended. And, and, and again, also i got to say, though, be careful how you, this Bible can heal or it can kill. It really depends on how you swing it. You know, and, and I'm all for it. I am not, of course, you know, this is maybe part of me. I, I'm not a harsh corrector, but I am a corrector. I, I don't need to obliterate you into the dirt for you to be corrected. You know, I don't have to, I, you know, you don't have to beat your children near to death to get your point across. And that's hard today. Because it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It is not my fault. Why are you correcting me? It's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. So, I don't know what happened to our happy, ordinary, extraordinary message, but a message, a point was made today. It, it, it is good. So my, the, the whole thing is, God wants to do some things with you today. And we've got to be willing. And with that, there's going to be some, there's going to be, there's going to be some correction. And talking about God's wrath, we, we don't want to talk about that, but it is in the Bible. And, and, and it isn't going to be pretty. But I know, I love Jesus, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. How much do you care? I'm good. My family's good. We're good, right? Yeah, good. Excellent. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm telling you what, preparation isn't easy. You know, I'm telling you what, every, anybody, hey, how would you like to just walk in the gym one day and Bench press 500 pounds. Wouldn't that be cool? Walk in, put all these plates on the bars, bend, you go, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to get to 500 pounds until you get past 100 pounds. You know, people talk about, I want to be this big ministry. Do you understand what you're going to have, the price you're going to have to pay to get that? There's a price to be paid, folks, and it isn't always easy. So I'm like, Lord, I'm good. Yes. Please. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Now, how am I supposed to talk? Thank you. You have no idea what that means to me. Um, well, when you were saying that, I really felt the Lord was saying, because this season is a time for you to learn. Amen. Well, it's only because you guys are here. Amen. Well, just know that we love you guys. Things are getting ready to blow up in a good way. And so just get yourselves ready. Um, I appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for those kind words. Um, 
God bless you guys. Go eat lunch.